A community group is asking the city of Vancouver to oppose a rezoning application from BC Housing for a supportive housing project. This after the province abruptly fired the board of its housing agency recently following an independent and critical review. That community group is the Kitsilano Coalition. Its spokesperson Cheryl Grant joins us this morning to talk more about this ask of City Hall. Cheryl, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Sterling. It's nice of you to join us. We appreciate this. This all uh, has a, a lot to do with a, a proposal for uh, uh, housing, supportive housing in Kitsilano, a 13-story building on Arbuta Street uh, that your group opposes. And now that we have uh, we have a report from a retired judge that basically uh, supports what your objections are vis-a-vis this particular proposal. So let's talk about it. Let's unpack this a little bit and talk, first of all, about the proposal, the building and its location. What's the problem? Sure. Well, that's a great summary. And for those who are listening and haven't heard about the rezoning, uh, basically what's happened is BC Housing and the City of Vancouver came together with an understanding to build supportive housing for those who are homeless or near homeless. And that's really where this began from. And one of the sites that was eventually selected was at Arbutus and 8th Avenue. And that is a residential neighborhood. It's mm-hmm. high density residential um, in terms of it's right across the proposed site from an elementary school, a toddler's park. Uh, right next door to it is also supportive housing for women. And um, the proposal is for a 12-story tower, uh, or excuse me, a 13-story tower with 129 units. And when this proposal came forward, the discussion was always as 129 units for the hardest to house. And that includes people with um, addictions and unfortunately also mental health issues. And there's no programs or supports that are being verified for this space. So it's the wrong model. Um, and it's a failure uh, for how they're presenting this to the community. It does not match, and it's the wrong wrong thing to be doing. Interesting. You said wrong model. That's part of a quote from retired Judge Thomas Gove, who d- did a deep dive into this proposal. And he came to this conclusion, wrong model, wrong size, and wrong place. So this is a judge, too, that has a history of uh, d- dealing with p- petty criminals and uh, d- getting them into into streams away from addiction. He understands the people that he's talking about that are involved in this proposal. Did his findings surprise you at all? Uh, not at all, actually. We've been stating this for multiple months before the report came out from Ernst & Young, uh, before we started meeting and talking with people who are renowned in their field. That includes Dr. Julian Summers, who deals with homelessness and addiction and is known internationally for his work, who also says this is this is the wrong model and it shouldn't be anywhere, not just on Arbutus and 7th and 8th, but it shouldn't exist anywhere. And uh, Judge Gove has also come in, and for those who don't know, he spearheaded the community courts um, in the downtown east side. So basically looking at how do we support people into housing, into recovery programs, and be part of the community again. So the fact that he's been listening to this and has come forward and stated that this is in fact a, is the failed model it should not be in this community um, and he's even going to come and speak to the Vancouver City Council uh, should should let people know that this is the wrong proposal by BC Housing and that the city of Vancouver should oppose it. How determined is the BC government to put this building up in that location or are they open at least to a conversation about options? 
I would say that the BC government, specifically David Eby and BC Housing, are not open to options. And the reason I say that is just about a year ago, uh, the, the City of Vancouver Council actually debated and determined um, they voted against allowing 12-story supportive and social housing Oh, did we just lose the line there, Phil? Sure. I want to double-check that connection, please. That was uh, right in the middle of our, our conversation. It is with Cheryl Grant, uh, the spokesperson for the Kitsilano Coalition, who was clearly on a cell phone. <laughs> and uh, we will we'll try and recover that call uh, as uh, we're trying to find out more about uh, the the application. By We've got her back? Oh, good. Cheryl, sorry about that. We lost you for a second. You must have walked around a corner or something on your phone. Thank goodness <laughs> we got you back. Please continue. Yes, of course. So what I was going to say is the city of Vancouver a year ago actually decided um, not to allow for 12-story social and supportive housing without it going through public consultation. And um, the vote was opposed. They wanted to see that these type of buildings come forward. But what the city council did and rightly did was to approve for six stories of social housing that don't have to go through the rezoning process. So the reality is we could right now, based on council's decision last year, have the option not only available, but actually already built and have people living there. And that's what the community is saying is, why is BC Housing and David Eby pushing so hard on this proposal and also a new format of housing that's never existed in Vancouver, which is permanent modular housing in what is a traditional residential area. So there's a lot of questions, and that goes back to the Ernst & Young report. Uh, there isn't clarity in the decision-making here, and the community is not being provided answers. And unfortunately, what that's resulted in is that council has in front of it what they already decided a year ago. They did not want to see this type of housing uh, without proper support and community consultation. And so uh, is the Kitsilano Coalition okay with the sort of compromise position taken by City Hall, which is about half the size of the building EB wants to put up? Yes, and I think that's a really important thing to say is we are in support of social housing. Uh, it's actually one of the things that stands out the strongest is the Kitsilano community already has approximately 2,000 units of social and supportive housing and is extremely well integrated and it blends with the community because it is integrated. Right. And that's what we're saying is a six-story housing with social housing, um, it fits wonderfully with the community. And also there's the amenities here for children, there's schools, there's parks. This is a great place. And the city would already have approved this and it would already be in, in momentum to being built. So we've got a, a, a municipal election coming up in a few months, Cheryl. And I wonder if you're going to your group and other uh, interested parties are going to try and make this some kind of election campaign uh, issue. Is it possible that this could come up and be a campaign issue? You know, David Eby suggested that in the Vancouver Sun article that came out the other day that I read, and I was very surprised. This is a 60-year minimum housing tower. This is going to impact over 7,000 residents who are around the area, mm -hmm. um, particularly for maybe that's the politician's focus. This is for us about the community. We're the Kitsilano Coalition. We're individuals. We're seniors. We're businesses. And what we're focused on is our community and making it vibrant and strong currently. 
and into the future. And there will always be elections coming. This should be done the right way. And that's what we're saying. It's clear that it has not been done the right way. It needs to go back to the drawing board, be done the right way for the community for the 60 to 70 years to come. And that's what we're focused on. Right. And that involves an awful lot of communication and consultation between policy and decision makers and those who are affected by them. And as I understand it, that has been minimal on a good day so far. (laughs) That would be correct. Uh, We look back at, you know, we've had to actually go to the lengths of pulling freedom of information to actually understand what's occurring here. And BC Housing reported, um, you know, publicly into the city, you know, people are in support and others are not in support. Uh, That was their feedback when they went to rezoning. The reality is over 80% of this community is opposed to the housing as it's being put forward. Not opposed to social housing, Mm -hmm. but the way that it's being put forward in this tower. So, yes, it's uh, it's the wrong model and it's failed. And that's why I say there's people with, um, you know, Dr. Julian Summers, Dr. Gove, neither living in this area, but recognizing this also has impacts not only for Arbutus and Broadway, uh, community uh, around 7th and 8th, but this model is also being used um, at other sites across the Lower Mainland and potentially throughout BC. So that's why people are speaking against that, and I think people should hear this is more than a neighbourhood issue. This is actually a BC housing issue, and everyone should be concerned. Well, of course, BC housing has been in the headlines no matter how much they tried to buy, bury firing the board. It popped right up on a... They did it late on a Friday afternoon. An old political trick called taking out the trash didn't work. Backfired on it. It was all over the headlines first thing Monday morning. And they, they, it is said by many that the replacement board that they've hired actually are at least a little more capable of, of being organized and getting things done. You'll have to hope that that part is right. Cheryl Grant, this is far from over. Thanks for joining us this morning. I expect to have a an opportunity to speak to you more again. That sounds great. I'm always open for a conversation. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.